This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome back to another preview episode of Green and White brought to you by Argyle Life. Uh, I'm John, still in for Aaron, as I was two minutes ago when we finished recording our Sutton wrap-up. Uh, and by the magic of technology, we're here with a new episode to talk about Fosters versus John Smiths. It's Huddersfield versus Plymouth Argyle uh, this Saturday coming right up. The Terriers versus the Pimpton. Joining me again to discuss are Graham, Ben and sam um so i'll throw this out this one out to the group um uh and and say by way of preface that as sam will know i have been on a big rant about the fixtures chosen by the tv programmers for the fa cup third round um a lot of turgid mid-table premier league fixtures privileged over games with giant killing potential but involving teams that maybe have fewer uh, armchair supporters willing to tune in and watch so i actually turned over from manchester city 15 huddersfield nil after 25 minutes to watch shrewsbury versus wrexham uh complete with welsh commentary that i did not at all understand um through iplayer uh, which was actually a very good game um at the wrexham one one nil uh, so i did not watch uh much of huddersfield's trip to manchester city today but did anyone present watch that was anyone on scouting duty graham shaking his head Ben or Sam, did you watch? I did not. I was uh, afraid I was... not. Sorry. <laughs> we're off to a great start. Um, from what I did see of it, they were pretty comprehensively steamrolled, but that is obviously exactly what you would expect. Um, so, Ben, I'll come to you first then, because I think I remember you saying uh, that Huddersfield had made a, a couple of additions recently that you found impressive. I think they are a side who desperately have needed to do business in the transfer market. Um, just for clarity, also, we're recording this on Sunday ahead of the game, so it's quite possible they will have added more faces, as Argyle might have done also um, by the time the game rolls around and you're listening to this. Um, but what yes, I was know? listening to, I think, the second tier podcast the other day. They were saying that they felt Huddersfield had the weakest squad in the championship on paper, so, or certainly one of them. Um, but they have actually not spent really any of the season in the relegation zone. They sort of hovered just outside. Um so, Ben, how, how do you sort of evaluate their strength as an opponent and, and what will you be uh, looking for in terms of their their performance and how they're likely to set up this weekend? Yeah, I seem to remember before the first game of the season, which was, of course, the 
the, the game down here against them with with Neil Warnock in charge. That it was dis- there were discussions that it was a very small squad and a squad that Warnock wasn't happy with. That he didn't really feel he could do much more than than maybe spin out survival at the at the best with, or, or at least sort of you know um, be survival would be a be a bit a, a bit of a miracle. And they haven't. Yes, they've added a couple of players since. Um, I think they brought in a striker and they brought in a a, a decent midfielder from Chelsea. Um, but if, is that going to be enough? I think that probably the strength of Huddersfield has been a relatively consistent team, which you have when you've got a small squad with not a lot of quality. Um, but the second half of the season often finds out teams that don't rotate a great deal. Um, and so they're going to need to bring in to survive. Otherwise, I think they could well tail off with the pressure breathing down their necks of a sort of resurgent uh, Sheffield Wednesday and Queen's Park Rangers to a lesser degree. So I think that... Um, we're a better team than Huddersfield. I think we've demonstrated that all season. Um, I think that our penchant for giving away goals away from home would is the biggest problem here. Not, I don't think what threat Huddersfield will carry necessarily, unless their sort of new signings come in and you know sort of start pulling up trees um, and transform them immediately. Uh, I think it's our biggest concern is going to be can the manager shore up what's become a very very suspect defence in the last couple of months. Clearly, the worst in terms of xG um, given up uh, to to opponents, uh, and also probably if you were to look at total number of goals conceded, probably be up there as well. So I think that if we can if we can maybe limit them to less than less than three goals, we've got a very good chance of scoring because we, uh, well, of winning rather, because we seem to be able to score relatively freely, even away from home at times, even though our our home output um, far out does our away output. Um, we we create a lot of chances and, and, and we, we can score away from home. And I feel like um, if we perform to what we're capable of, Azaz will know Azaz, um, Kundal will know Kundal, We've got enough players to create chances to, to to win the game. That being said, we've said that several times uh, about away games this season and lamented individual mistakes or dodgy patches where we've coughed up goals and we haven't yet got that away win. So it's, you know, several times we've said, you know, we should be able to go away and win this when this will be our first away win and it's not happened. So I'm not taking anything for granted or saying that, you know, uh, this will be an easy game. But I don't feel that, you know... Uh, on paper, you'd like to think the manager is licking his lips that this is his first opportunity to get the away win monkey off the back of the club in his sort of first or a proper proper league fixture. Um, did, did, what what problems do I see them posing? Um, not many, really. They've looked pretty turgid in a lot of that. I mean, they've had a few um, standout performances recently, but um, they've not looked particularly impressive in, in any of the sort of highlights that I've watched. I've not seen a full 90 minutes of them all season, but... I've not seen anything that sort of convinced me there's anybody to, to to fear for our team. I think if we can organise ourselves at the back, if the manager can, if he's going to convert to a 3-4-3, three, three, which I think we agreed on the previous pod was probably suits our, our personnel, the personnel we have currently, whether it's you know the right thing going forward. But I think it certainly suits who we've got, um, makes the best use of our centre-backs for, for a start. And if he can get that working well, better than it has done over the sort of few games that Juzenip uh, and Nance um, implemented it, then we should have every chance of making this our finally our first away victory. Yeah, you mentioned um, Neil Warnock. Of course, he came in 
to Huddersfield about a year ago, possibly even later than that, uh, when they looked absolutely dead and buried in last season's championship. They stayed up with a uh, truly Warnock-esque late surge to the finish line. Um, Then Warnock was the manager, of course, when we played them on the opening day, but then he left uh, rumours around... um, uh, you know, falling out with the board, uh, including over transfer targets. Darren Moore came in, a manager, of course, who we know a lot about and who will know a lot about us from uh, his time at Sheffield Wednesday over the last couple of years. Sam, I know that you are a fan of Darren Moore in general. How do you uh, assess the job that he has done at Huddersfield so far? Um, You have to say not great. I think he did a really underappreciated job at Sheffield Wednesday. I think, and I know that you don't quite see it the same way, John, um, having spoken to you about this offline, but I think people um, just look at that in the context of, oh, he fluked um, he fluked it, he threw away promotion when they were so far clear. Whereas actually that was that spell of one win in seven or whatever, it was, was their only wobble of the entire season. Other than that one win in seven spell, they were absolutely fantastic. Um I think if you if you take those seven games out of it, and I know that's cherry picking, but they would have been the best team in the league if you if you if you isolate that that little spell. Um, they got ninety five points. Whatever, how, whichever order, way, permutation you get them, ninety five points is fantastic. And then after the gutting blow of missing out, they then recovered them, and, and after that four nil loss in the first leg, to then recover themselves to to, to turn it round, get to Wembley, and then win the final. Showed incredible mental resilience. I think it speaks so well of him as a manager that he was able to pick his team back up to do that. So I think he's, I think he did a fantastic job last season at Sheffield Wednesday. Um, I don't think he's done such a good job at Huddersfield. Partly you can put that down to their squad is just quite limited, and who knows? Maybe now that they've added this striker from Finland who, who scores at about a goal a game in in Finland, maybe we'll now see them shoot up the league. Obviously, I really hope they don't because they're a direct competitor of ours, but may- maybe that will happen. I don't know. Um, I, but I think you have to say that a good manager coming into a struggling club should always aim to, to find some way of maximising them and at least turning their form around a little bit. Like Cifuentes at QPR, okay, he's now had a bit of a downturn again, but he he's managed to get more out of them than Ainsworth did. Certainly, Roll at Wednesday has got tons more out of them than Jusko Munoz did and more hasn't really done any better or worse than Warnock so you have to say he's not done a, a fantastic job but uh, I do rate him as a manager and I think they're going to be a threat on Saturday they've got new signings coming in and I think we're vulnerable I think we are sort of in the danger of look even if we do sign really well in the, in the transfer window and even if we do um, comfortably stay up I feel this fixture, it, it, Huddersfield will be licking their lips, playing us without a thousand cundle, assuming we don't bring anyone in by then. Um, I think there is a danger that they've caught us between two teams, that we've got our first half of the season team, then we've got a second half of the season team, and, and they're catching us right in the middle when we've got, you know, quite a weakened team out. So I'm a little bit nervous going into the game. I'm not expecting a lot out of the game, in truth. Um on a personal level, I'm sure you're so you're all so interested to hear about my my um, attempts to do the 92. This one will put me on to 80 out of 92. It's the only championship brand I've not yet done, so I'm very excited to make my first visit to the John Smith Stadium, and then I will have completed the championship. 
Uh, and for those who listened to our Sutton review pod, uh, Sam continuing with the uh, same uh, glorious optimism with which he ended that one. Um, just to quickly clarify, Sam referenced my opinion about Darren Moore, uh, which we have discussed offline. I rate Moore very highly as a manager indeed, going back to his um, first spell at West Brom, in fact. I think with Sheffield Wednesday, I just don't quite buy the idea that you can say, oh, well, they got 95 points and that's always an amazing job. Yeah, of course, it's it's a very high number of points, but football is dynamic. Football league tables are fluid. Some years there will be a very large golfing class between the top and the bottom. Um, and some years there, there won't. And I think that, you know, it's not you can't necessarily compare points totals between seasons with with total reliability. So while 95 is very good, it did have them third behind um, two other teams, ourselves and Ipswich. Um, and that from a position where they were absolutely um, the favourites to go up after they beat us one um, nil at Hillsborough in February. Um, they then went on a horrible run of uh, form, not just against anyone, but against actually some of the worst teams in the league, including a, a rare win for Forest Green against them. Um, and I just felt that having also seen them in that game where they beat us, it just felt like they were playing at less than the sum of their parts. They seemed like a very functional team, a very efficient team, but they didn't seem like a team that was very, you know, fluidly, brilliantly coached to kind of get the best out of all of the component parts that for that level were very good players. Um, whereas Ipswich were certainly by the end of the season. And, and I think we obviously did a very good job of getting more than the sum of the parts out of the players. Um, and so for me, I, you know, while they did eventually go up, there was a bit of luck in it. Um, you know, the, the Barnsley game in the playoff final, they rode their luck with some officiating. that was, in my opinion, quite questionable and obviously won with the very last kick of the game, even with a man advantage. Um, but that's not to say I think that Darren Moore is a bad manager. I'm just, just sort of clarifying my uh, slightly contrarian take on his Wednesday side from last season. I think my assessment of him this season is that He's not a firefighter, um, particularly. I think he obviously was not necessarily brought in to do a firefighting job because Warnock had them, you know, kind of where they still are, just outside of the relegation zone. It wasn't like he was taking over a team in totally dire straits. But that probably does mean that if they get caught by Wednesday and or QPR, they're going to have to go into something like firefighting or survival mode. And I'm not quite sure personally if Darren Moore is the type of manager that is um, the, the best suited to dealing with that eventuality. But I guess we will see. Um, and then, sorry, Graham, finally to come to you. Um, obviously, we did play Huddersfield under Warnock on the first day of the season. It was a, a gusty day at home park, full of optimism from our point of view, being back in the championship. And we won 3-1 with Whitaker scoring the first. And then that great individual mazy run from Ballymumba, and then Whitaker playing in Ryan Hardy, a kind of sucker punch one-two of goals in the second half. Um, do you expect that game to offer any kind of clues for this one now that we're in the dismal days of, of January? Or do you think the fact, you know, for starters, that both teams are now under new management, the fact that we've had several months of the season and, and all the water under the bridge that that brings, you know, do you think that makes it a totally different game? And I think, Graham, you are on mute, which is my fault. Sorry, uh, one second. There you go. Yes. Um, one word, physicality, they are a physical team. And they're set up to play physically like Sheffield Wednesday did, if, if you recall. <clears throat> they play 3-5-2, which means I think if we're going to match them, we, we'll have to do something variant of 3-4-3 to do that. Um, but the physicality side worries me. Whether they've got the pace like we have, um, I'm not so sure. So we've got a chance. But their two acquisitions on the face of it seem quality. Radlovich certainly was 
one of the most prized, affordable targets that championship clubs could have gone for. And uh, shame. And this, uh, this quickly is the striker from uh, Helsinki, who we discussed in That's the right, previous yeah. episode. Had an incredible, almost a goal a game scoring record in the league and in the Europa Cup. So, you know, he's proved to do it at a higher level. Um, so we'll see, he's six foot three, so it fits the physical mould. So five days is a long time in football. See who we can acquire before the game and then. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewellery from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Personally, I'll take a draw at this stage. Um, yes, it'd be lovely to get a win, but a draw keeps us on parity and keeps them at arm's length from us. And concentrate on winning the home games to stay up is the way I look at it. But yeah, on paper, at least, we'd have a chance of getting a victory, but... I'm look. I'm going to see a battle here. We're going to have to be physically right on top of our game. Yeah, and to stay with you, Graham. Um, a certain uh, other individual on this podcast whose name uh, may or may not rhyme with "damn sound" has referred to this offline as a uh, six-pointer. Um, obviously, neither team is in actually in the relegation zone. We are uh, seven points clear of it um but Sheffield Wednesday are in great form as we discussed QPR are not in great form but have shown at least that they have a bit of fighting spirit under Cifuentes so you know we are along with Huddersfield very much two teams that could be caught um you know theoretically in a relegation battle um do you see this in any way as a six-pointer or is that is it too early to yeah say? I mean we're in the I think um 18th to 24th is the sort of relegation battle um Blackburn were on 32 points. who are a funny team, they either blow hot or blow cold. So in, we need to beat the teams below us and Huddersfield are one of those. So, yes, it is a six-pointer. Ben, what do you reckon? Yeah, uh, for, for all I was saying, that I think that on paper we, we um, should win. It's a massive game. Not losing is much more important than winning. Um yeah. Because if you you know that that gap swings, then all of a sudden, you know, if we were to win, brilliant. We're looking at the, like you talk about those clubs just above us. It's it is very um, constricted in the middle of the table, and you can you get your first away win, and then you can sort of get get four points the next two home games, and then you it's all well and good. The opposite is true: is if you lose, and then you sort of only pick up a point in your next home game, all of a sudden it, the, the picture looks very different. So. Um, I would snap your hand off for a draw right now. You know, I think there's a potential to go and win it. It's, of all the away games we've got, it's one that we have potential to win. But I would absolutely take a point because of, you know, if you can keep everyone below you at arm's length, then you don't really have anything to worry about. Yeah. Um, 
And Sam, you, you don't seem particularly confident about the weekend, but obviously one way of looking at this that some fans uh, might be hopeful of is the classic football cliche of the new manager bounce. Um, and of course, it would be quite entertaining if Foster was able to come in in his first game and achieve what Shuey could not in all of the away games that he has managed for us this season and, and get a win. Do you think there's anything in the new manager bounce or do you see Foster as being more the type of manager where, if anything, it might take a little bit of time to adjust to his new style and, and possibly you could have the opposite of a new manager bounce, but it might play out in the end or neither. What, how do you sort of see that playing out? Um, yeah, good question. Um, I think the sort of studies into it by statisticians over the years have shown there is generally a new manager bounce, but often it doesn't always work that way when a manager's coming into a club that's already overachieving, which which we are. As I said, we, we absolutely have overachieved so far this season. Maybe then you might see a new manager drop off either permanently or just temporarily whilst he gets the grips of the squad and and finds his own way of, of doing things and finds his own way of, of maximising the small margins. <laughs> so I think there is a, a possibility of a new manager bounce. I really hope there is, because I think the one thing this season that has not been the case in pretty much all the other seasons under the Lowen Schumacher era, and actually pretty much all the seasons under Adams as well. The only thing this season not has not been is streaky. We've just got that one win every four or five games just to stop our heads going below below the water. We've not had like in the, in the low era, in the Adams era, and even in the League One Schumacher era, we've not had like a, a run of wins at all. Uh, we've not had like a. We've also not had a long winless run. We, we've we've never gone. I think more than four or five games without getting a win this season. I don't think so. There is, there is that as well. Um, so we, so what I'm kind of getting at at that point, if I, I apologise if I'm rambling on, is that a new manager bounce. If we just get any little run of like nine points out of a possible fifteen, ten points out of a possible fifteen. That's pretty much survival right there if we do that, because we're already on, what, 27? If we get that, that would take us on to 37. 29. And then we don't... Um, we're on 29. 29. Oh, well, well crikey, even... Yeah, sorry, I, I should, should have checked that, really. Yeah, so to so crikey, we're on 29. So if we get another 10 out of our next five games, let's say, just if there is a new manager bounce, then we're, then, so then, then we're on 39, and then we probably only really need seven more out of the remaining what would be then about 14 games remaining at that point or 13 games remaining so if we did have just one run like that that would almost take us over the hill and far away because then we'd only we'd then only need to go at half a point a game to stay up from there and half a point a game is you know draw your home games lose your away games so a new manager bounce would be absolutely pivotal because it would just get that point they are uh, to use another poor steric is and pointish get that pointage on the board and stop us drifting into the drifting into the relegation scrap. Um, yeah, that, that 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 that's what I think on it. I, I think it would it would just be a, a huge relief. Whilst I would absolutely take a draw as well because I think whether it's you know it, it is a six points and mathematically it just is because it's a, it can be either a three point swing away from them, a three point swing towards them, or, or parity. Um, so I would absolutely take parity uh, for short. Absolutely take a draw. Um, but I just think if we could get a win, my word, it would it would just be it, it would just be what the, this club needs for the, for all the anxiety and the the stress of the last few weeks. It's not been a very 
final relaxing few weeks to be an Argyle fan. I think whatever we may agree or disagree about the reasons for that and the strategy to root for, we can all agree it's been a very emotionally taxing few weeks to be an Argyle fan. If we could just get that that monkey off our back of getting that first win under Foster, stopping any pressure building on him to get the first win, get the first away win so we're not going to you know, give us the belief we can win away so we're not so reliant on our home form. You know, I know it seems a bit of a daft cliche of, you know, that would be a good game to win because, you know, any game's a good game to win. But I've never been so desperate for a win going into a game since, you know, obviously obviously I have I have been in the promotion game last season, obviously. But for this time of the year, it's very mm-hmm. rare for me to be so desperate going into a game for a win as what I am now. Would I still take a draw? Yes. But I think a win would just absolutely lift the roof of the away end in the John Smith Stadium. And I think if, if it does, then uh, I'm not sure how much of the trip home I'll, I'll have a good memory of. But uh, we'll see. I don't want to get too far ahead of myself. So finally then, uh, Sam, to pop it back to you, hopes aside, what is your prediction for the score? 3-1 defeat. Positive as always. Ben? 3-2 win. 3-2 our goal. Graham? one old draw. Uh, and I will go for a 2-1 away win. I just think it's the, the poetry of finally getting our away win in our new manager's first game in charge is um, too good to uh, not predict. Uh, although I would like to say that if I'm wrong, then it doesn't mean that he's useless and, and can't manage. Just as if we win, it doesn't mean he is the saviour, as I'm sure he will be hailed in the stands and probably from my own lips in the immediate uh, ecstasy of the moment. So that's our trip to to Huddersfield. Um, Sam will be passing the 80 ground threshold, no matter what happens on the pitch. But we certainly hope that Sam will not be on the pitch. Uh, If he is, something has gone very wrong in our girls' recruitment strategy or his sobriety. Um, But we will be back, of course, to discuss that game and all the others uh, coming up for the remainder of this season. So thanks to Graham. And we absolutely do not not condone any kind of pitch invading on this podcast. I want to make that quite clear. Thank you, John. Do not invade the pitch. Um, We do not need a points deduction on top of all of the player departures and everything else. Uh, Graham, Ben and Sam, thanks for joining us uh, for this preview of our trip to Huddersfield. And we'll see you all soon. Thank you. Thank you. See you soon. John, I've got got an omelette waiting to be downstairs, so I'm going to dash right off if that's okay. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.